Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Pack Rats. Another it's... riveting episode. Yeah, it is a riveting episode. All of our episodes are riveting, Frankie. That Well, I don't know about that. But first up, it's me. <laughs> it's Frankie. And it's your boy. I'm, I apologize. I burped into the mic if you want to enjoy yourself again. You did what into the mic? I burped. You disgusting pig. I'm kidding. I love you, man. <laughs> uh, intro yourself again. It's me. It's your boy, uh, Ian. I wanted to say the Vine skinny penis so bad, but <laughs> I resist. So, as you may have noticed from the title, <laughs> this is not, in fact, episode two of RuPaul's Drag Race. No, we're taking... A bit of a this detour. is a bonus episode. It's a bonus episode. Yeah, but it's a because detour. We saw a movie today. Le- legit today. And we're going to talk about it because it was a movie that deserves to be talked about. It, very much so. Uh, we saw Spider-Man. We saw My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, the movie. <laughs> yeah. No, we saw Spider-Man Far From Home. We saw Spooderman, Yes. And let me tell you, we had a time. We had a great time. Had I a great had a great time. time. I had a great time. Yeah. We had a great uh, time, the car ride there, while we were in the theater, and the car mm-hmm. ride back. It was a great time today. Yes. So I miss you know, me, my boy. I did. I've been hanging out with you, too. I just wanted to say that, for the record, on recording, because I miss you, man. <laughs> yeah, I miss you, too. Because hashtag gay shit for me. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. So let's go through some things about Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the 23rd film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Wow. I know, right? That's wow. That's a lot. It is. Uh, it is directed... And it, it's the direct sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming, mm-hmm. the Spider-Man series in the MCU. Mm-hmm. It is, in fact, if we count all theatrical releases for Spider-Man. Spider-Man, it is the seventh... No, wait. It is the... I think... Wait. We were three original, two amazing, four Spider-Man. It is the eighth Spider-Man movie to be released in theaters. Wow. Wow. And the seventh live-action Spider-Man movie. Yes. I was going to say, did you count Spider-Verse? I did count Spider-Verse for all theatrical ones. Okay, so it is the it's the eighth for all of them and the seventh live-action time. Seventh time in live-action that we've seen Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So, this movie, like Homecoming, directed by John Watts, it is written by Chris McKenna, who also worked on the first one, and Eric Summers, who both they both worked on Homecoming. That's that's I like it when they have people from like the first movie come back and do it, it, sequels. It creates continuity in the universe of the movie. Mm-hmm. Also, like they definitely get the feel of it more than somebody new coming in. Yes, uh, the 
Same head editor is on this movie as the first one, Dan Lebenthal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is joined this time by Lee Folsom Boyd. Mm. And the music is by the same man, Michael Giacchino. Okay. And the cinematography is by Matthew J. Lloyd. I like to point out all these little things, I think, from now on when we review movies. Okay. Well, I, I, I like it, too, because it's giving credit to... The people who work on it, besides mm-hmm. the actors. Mm-hmm. If it's a bad movie, maybe we shouldn't give credit. Oh, no, we'll, get, we'll talk about them, and they're shit. But I think in this movie... We'll get to that later, but uh, in this movie, I think everyone has done well. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's done terribly. I think the worst thing I can say about this film is that some parts were mediocre. Really? Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. When we go, not when we go into the real review. Uh, it released. It had its premiere in Hollywood on June twenty sixth, mm-hmm. and then it officially premiered. On July 2nd. So, oh, wow. We're, yeah, so three uh, days ago. This week. We did see it the first week. We are one of the people that saw it opening weekend. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, put, yeah. Well, put movies that usually, never has happened. Movies usually... Yeah, it's true. We rarely do that. Movies usually come out uh, Thursday night. Like, they usually come out officially on Friday, but, like, there's the midnight showing on Thursdays. But they said America first, so 4th of July. <laughs> Yeah, they well, they did it for the 4th of July weekend. People like to go see movies on the 4th. Yeah. Uh, it had a budget of $160 million. Mm-hmm. And it has already made, at this point in time, $310 million. So it made back all of its money. It's doubled its money. I love that. Almost. It's almost doubled its money, and it's only been out one weekend. Oh, it's gonna. <laughs> so it's gonna make Marvel and Sony a ton of money. Buttloads. Uh, so this movie was revealed to be in filming in 2016, or like in development in 2016. I was gonna say they could not have filmed in 2016. Uh, they no, they they said Marvel and Sony had come together. And saying they were committed to making Spider-Man films after Homecoming, which came out in 2017. Mm. Uh, By October of 2016, a second film had already been in discussion. Mm -hmm. And the original idea of this series was to be like Harry Potter. Uh Where each film... Well, no. Where each film would follow a a school year. Mm -hmm. Obviously... They're not following that. (laughs) This would be discontinued because Marvel has overarching plans. This is one of the issues with the Spider-Man series is that it's not just Marvel. Mm. It is Sony. Yeah. Sony still owns the the film rights. Mm. So Sony insisted that the sequel be released in 2019. Okay. Which complicated marvel's preference for secrecy because spoiler alert for a year-old movie and for endgame which you should have seen by now if you haven't seen Endgame, what do you do still in, if you haven't seen endgame it's still in theaters go see it is it yeah it sure is buddy it was i feel like it's been out for like it's been out since april 
Usually by now it should be out though, like out of but theaters. But it's, it's still making money. That's strange, because usually films have like a month to two month shelf life in theaters, and then they go on DVD. Yeah, and uh, this scene. one, well, they took this one. They they've added scenes to Endgame. I don't know what they added. I haven't looked it up yet, but they added stuff because they want it to beat. Avatar. added to the already three hour fucking movie yeah but um some of the problems it created is that Marvel what is it now six hours are they Lord of the Rings this not shit not that much they didn't add that much are they trying to Lord of the Rings this shit I think they added like three minutes of scenes ooh three minutes now it's three hours and three minutes ooh so um <laughs> okay you're so done with me. I am. <laughs> the idea Marvel always had was that Spider-Man would die at the end of Infinity War and then be resurrected in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the idea of having a sequel announced by Sony and Sony insisting it come out in 2019 mm-hmm. kind of like spoiled the fact that he would come back. He would have to come back. Well, we also knew that from the fact of another Black Panther movie, which that well, was yeah, Marvel, Marvel kind of broke their own rule later on with Black Panther. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sucked. Anyway, I didn't think it sucked. So, I mean, well, I hate the fact that like it. Like, they revealed the sequels, because, it, like, it kind of takes away from the the moments of Infinity War when you see Black Panther die and you see Spider-Man die, because you're like, well, they're coming back. Mm-hmm. I mean, none you of the see- other... Well, none of the other characters had, like, a confirmed, they're definitely coming back. You, We knew that the Guardian characters were definitely coming back, because they had that's, a third movie. That's kind of true, but even Endgame has played around with that, where... Uh, Gamora's not there. What'd you say? As Guardian of the Galaxies. Yeah, Thor joins them, and Gamora's not there. Yeah. But we, like... So I don't think it took too much away from it. That's true. I think it just... I think, to to me, it sounds to me like a good marketing play of, ooh, how are we going to bring them back? How are we going to bring them back? But I think everyone was going to go into that movie, into Endgame, going, how are we going to bring the characters back anyway? Because, like... It was inevitable that they were going to be brought back, like... Yeah, but I wish there would have been, like, some kind of, like... Are they... Because br- at this point, that confirms... Well, they have to bring Black, Black Panther and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. There was no confirmation they were bringing everyone back, though. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no way of knowing that they would go that far to bring everybody back. Surprise. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so filming started in July of 2018. Tom Holland was only given a page of a script a day, probably. <laughs> probably. Uh, principal, that was when principal photography began in England. Uh, the working title for the movie was Fall of George. <laughs> and filming ended October 16th, 2018. Okay. So, not that long for filming. No. Not that long ago. No. Um, and that's about all I have 
oh, post-production for the film ended after, or ended in June of 2019, and they pumped the movie out July. Mm-hmm. And this is serving as the final film in Phase 3. Can we talk about that? Of the universe. Can yeah. Why, why was it not Endgame? <laughs> um, most people thought Endgame would be the final uh, one of the phase. It makes um, sense. Kevin Feig's never like said why. Mm-hmm. My assumption would be that because Endgame ends with Tony Stark dying and well, Iron Man's funeral... Um, the character he's connected to the most mm-hmm. is, like, that will be in the future movies. Because obviously he's connected to the original Avengers the most. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to be in the future movies, and if they are, they're going to be significantly different than who they are. Yeah. Because the only one that's going to make, like, Black Widow's going to have a movie, but it's a prequel film. Mm-hmm. It's her origin story, so, like, there's no Iron Man involved. Yeah. And Captain America's not going to be in any more movies. If Hulk's in any more movies, I'll be surprised. I don't think he is. Thor's the only one that's going to be in more movies. And he's going to be significantly different. And he's not even going to be on Earth. Mm-hmm. So the one who has the most significance with him is Spider-Man. Because Tony Stark brings him in in Civil mm-hmm. War. Right. And- and the reason he even does what he does in Endgame is because he has a chance to bring back Peter. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason this ends Phase 3 and start of, instead of starting Phase 4 is that it doesn't introduce the big threat that will be coming. Mm-hmm. Another and one? There has to be a big threat. There has to be a, re- a reason to make another Avengers movie. Are they making another Avengers movie? Yeah, there'll be another Avengers. It'll just be a new Avengers. Okay. With Captain Marvel and Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and... Said my girl's name, Captain Marvel. Yeah. And so I think that this ends Phase 3 because it, it shows how the world is impacted by what happened in Endgame. Mm-hmm. And that really is a focus of the film, but also it plays that in a very good way, which Mm -hmm. we'll get to. I thought that we should have a format for when we do film reviews. Yeah. So, fans, you're getting a little look at behind the scenes. (laughs) Um, I think the focus, we should run through the plot of the film with any things that you want to say, any quippy comments that we want to make. And then we'll literally my life. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll review the film. Okay. And like what we liked, what we didn't like. Mhm. That way the fans know what's going on. Yeah. When we talk about things cuz I'm I'm currently as we record this, I'm editing the Aladdin review. Mhm. And it's a little disjointed because of because we just jump around saying what we like, what we don't like. Well, Okay. And there's no jumping off points. I'm I'm going to defend ourselves, <laughs> our, 
themselves. Yeah. In saying that, if you don't know the plot to Disney's Aladdin, a movie that has been around for over 25 years, get some help. Like... That's fair. I mean, with this movie, though, we can't expect everyone to know the plot. No. Although this movie, although this review is probably going to come out in December of 2028, so. That's true. But. <laughs> but. We got to explain the plot to people. Right. So uh, the movie opens with Nick Fury and Maria Hill investigating an unnatural storm in Mexico where they say the cyclone had a face mm-hmm. and it destroys this town and the earth elemental rises up and is about to attack them when Mysterio Quentin Beck shows up and fights the creature. Mm-hmm. And apparently he beats it. We don't actually see that happen. Yeah. So then we cut to a memoriam. <laughs> An in memoriam uh, video. That this was this was probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, it was really funny. <laughs> it was like clearly edited in iMovie, like our videos. <laughs> They've been watching us, Frankie. They've been watching us. It's clearly edited in iMovie. <laughs> clearly, someone made it at the last possible moment. Yep. Because they remembered they had to do it. And they're like, (laughs) fuck. Okay. And it shows all the dead Avengers. The four dead Avengers. Mm -hmm. Although, this in-memoriam thing poses a very interesting question. Mm -hmm. Because they show Iron Man, obviously. Of course. They show Black Widow. Mm -hmm. Oh, is it the one? They show Vision. (gasps) yes but they also show Captain America now there's two possible things with this Mm -hmm. one is that old man Captain America at this point has died which that's what I honestly thought or my, my thought is that the Avengers have made them because Captain America wouldn't have shown up anywhere right mm hmm as Captain America, mm-hmm. the Avengers and S.H.I.E.L.D. have led people to believe that Captain America died. The only reason I say this mm-hmm. is that this movie takes place right after Endgame. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason to believe that Captain America has died as an old man. Mm-hmm. And maybe the Avengers have just said, let's let him live the last few days or months of his or years of his life in relative peace Mm -hmm. and not let people know. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to say he died. Okay. well, I'm going to go with he's not dead. Okay. He's just living his old man life. I mean... Unless they're also setting up for, I I would believe that second thing if they're setting up for a new Captain America movie. 
There's going to be a new Captain America movie, probably. Okay, then it's definitely going to be the second part. With Falcon as Captain yeah. America. Yeah, it's definitely going to be the second part, because you know they're going to want to still have... Or the or they they have a TV show. Mm. Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon have a TV show together. Which also questions... Uh, they're going to have to bring Vision back at some point, because Vision has a TV show. That's probably a prequel. It's Wanda and Vision. Also, there couldn't be a prequel, because Vision... Uh, you haven't seen every movie in the MCU. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was going to wait until uh, we get into our review review section to talk about that part. <laughs> yeah. Vision, Vision's created in uh, Age of Ultron. Okay. So he can't have a origin because his origin is literally shown so there can't be a prequel for him okay because he's created in the movie series because mm-hmm. ultron creates him to be like some sort of like other body like a more invincible body for him but the avengers mm-hmm. take him away and create him as a hero by putting in uh Oh, uh, what's the name? Uh, Tony Stark's old, like, the butler character that, um, is in it. Uh-huh. I forget his name. Jarvis. They put in, uh, Jarvis's in, in, um, programming in there. Did you say TARDIS? Is this the dark yeah. crossover that we've been waiting for? <laughs> it is. It is, Ian. So then, uh, after that, we learn that the school that Peter goes to has restarted the year to accommodate the students who reappeared after Thanos killed them, which apparently they're calling the blip. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. It, it question. Mm, yeah, it's fun. I, I don't know whether to talk about this in review time or now. I think if we have, like, review problems or things, like, about plot that come up, bring it up. Okay. So it makes me question who was actually affected in the blip. Because so, that's not clear. So, um, in, in Homecoming, mm-hmm. the only students that really matter that make a reappearance are Flash, who's, like, the rich kid who's streaming the entire film. Yeah. Um, Ned and MJ. Mm-hmm. So obviously all of them, plus Peter, obviously, got affected by it. Because they're still in high school. affected by it? What'd you say? You know who didn't get affected by it? Who? Brad. Oh, Brad. We're gonna get to Brad. <laughs> what? Fuck Brad. <laughs> everyone, everyone, say it with me and Ian together. Three, two, one. Fuck Brad. He's the worst. He is the worst. We hate Brad. Mm-hmm. This was also, this blip uh, portion is also when uh, they say that everybody else in the school has uh, aged five years. <laughs> yes. So the blip lasted for five years. <laughs> Which I'm like, how weird that must be to come back like five years 
Yeah, I know. The way they show it in the high school, though, was really cool because, like, they show the initial thing they show of people disappearing is the marching band disappear <laughs> during, like, a pep rally. Uh-huh. And then they cut to when they reappear, and it's a basketball game, and the band just appears on the middle of the fucking floor. And fucking hitting all the basketball players with, like, their tubas and shit. Yeah, it's great. It's fucking <laughs> hilarious. Uh, so, in accordance with this, uh, the school has also organized a European field trip uh, where Peter's going to go. And on this trip, he has created a fucking plan. Wait, okay. Before we talk about that plan. Yeah. I just thought of something. Okay. So, they're doing a European trip. Mm-hmm. These trips happen at the end of the year. Yes. But they said that they restarted the year? I Yeah, they said they restarted the year. They don't really explain how they restarted the year. It's clearly summer. Correct. But, like, I don't know. We're finding the holes. I think, I think, I think what they're doing is that they're showing that, um... They're showing that uh, I think when they disappeared initially, it was the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. And then, honestly, I can't explain it. And here are the holes. <laughs> the plot holes have emerged. Mm. <laughs> There's a couple of them. Yeah, there are. Uh, the, so, they're going on the field trip, though. And Peter is, like, still kind of, like, haunted by Tony's death. Mm-hmm. Like, they show that. And, and there's, like, that really good scene where he, like, after he... Well, they do a fundraiser. Oh, no, no. We gotta talk about the plan. The plan. Yeah. Because this is important for my review for Peter Parker as a character. Okay. So Peter Parker creates a fucking plan mm-hmm. to tell MJ his feelings. Mm-hmm. That's the most realistic shit I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> Did you feel that you related to it? I've related to that <laughs> so hard. You have no idea. Oh, Frankie, I have an idea. You do have an idea. Our viewers at home do not have an idea. The viewers have no idea. When I was in high school, if I liked a girl, oh. there was planning involved in how was, I was going to tell the girl. Became secret service. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> like, it became, like, Area 51. To, like, ooh. <laughs> but it's something they try to do. Sometimes they do these, like, rom-com bits in movies. Mm-hmm. And they try to make it so hyper-romantic mm-hmm. that you're like, that's not realistic at all. Mm-hmm. This is very realistic because <laughs> he is a nerd. Yeah. And he's awkward around people. Yeah. Especially a girl that he likes. Yeah, I will say that they definitely played up the high school nests very well in this movie. It's very good. Uh, then we cut to, like... um. He's talking to his friend Ned about the plan. Uh, we cut to a fundraiser mm-hmm. for the homeless, coordinated by his Aunt May. Yeah. 
And then he's warned by Happy Hogan that Nick Fury is going to call him. But Peter immediately ignores the call. He ghosts him hardcore. He ghosts, he ghosts Nick Fury. Which, that takes major cojones. It does. And then uh, he goes out to like take photos with the people. <laughs> and they keep asking him if he's going to be the next Iron Man. And if he's going to be the next leader of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And he can't handle it, so he leaves. And he sits... This is where the scene comes in, where he sits, like, on the roof, and there's that mural of Iron Man, mm-hmm. like, hanging over him. Yeah. Very good visual of, my, like, my favorite, of, like, the best way to do a movie technique. This might be, like, a little on the nose for some people, but, like, show, don't tell. Mm-hmm. Of, you could have obviously had a character come up to Peter and go... Yeah, I know how Tony's just, like, his memory's just hanging over you. You could have had someone say those exact words, but they don't. They give you the visual of Tony, even in death, literally being over Peter. Mm-hmm. And shadowing Peter. Yeah. It's a very good visual. There were a lot of good show-don't-tell moments in this film. Yes, which is great, which is why this film is very good. Um, then they go on their Europe trip. And uh, they go on the plane, and Peter's first part of his plan is to sit next to MJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's sitting next to Ned, so he has he concocts a, a way to get next to MJ. And <laughs> Ned tells uh, the one girl, Betty, that Peter has a allergy to perfume, and the lady near them is wearing a bunch of perfume, so if he could switch seats with Betty who's sitting next to MJ, everything would be good. And then the teacher hears about it. So then it ends up being Betty sits next to Ned and MJ sits next to fucking who? Brad. Brad, the one thing we didn't want to happen. See, Brad used to be a fucking 11-year-old. Mm-hmm. And then the blip happened. And now he's 16. And now he's a 16-year-old. And apparently he's attractive. Yeah. And all the girls want him. And who played Peter? I don't know who played Brad. Oh, I found it. Remy He. Yeah. He's Australian. Yeah. He was in uh, Crazy Rich Asians as well. Okay. Who'd he play in that? I don't know. I don't care. He's um, also in his 30s, so. <laughs> wow, he does not look like he's in his 30s. Not. Good on him. He's a good looking dude then. He is. Mm-hmm. I'll give it to him then. I was going to say he's ugly, but if he's 30 and he looks like a 16-year-old, because he looked, well, he looked like a 20-year-old, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But he was in, do, do you remember that um, Nickelodeon show, H2O, about the Australian girls that turned into mermaids? No, I never watched it. Okay, well, he was on that. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> so for all you H2O fans out there. But Brad ends up sitting next to Peter. Or no, MJ. MJ. And Peter ends up sitting next to his fucking teacher. <laughs> who, by the way, his teacher is played by Martin Starr. He's so funny. Who's really good in this movie. And his other teacher is played by J.B. Smoove, who is also hilarious. Te- the teachers were... Really good. You um, had the one teacher that was, like, that re- is, like, overprotective, and then you had the other teacher who just doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. 
And he's also, J.B. Smith is like a science teacher who 100% believes everything that's happening in this movie is related to witches. I just love that. <laughs> so, um, they get off the plane. Peter gets searched. So, Peter doesn't want to bring a suit with him because he just he wants to be, be on vacation. He's a normal boy. Yeah. So, M- uh, Aunt May puts the suit in there with some bananas because earlier in the film, oh, I do have to bring this up. Uh, when he's packing for the trip, Aunt May throws a banana at him. His tingle. And he just gets hit by it because his, his Peter tingle didn't go off. Mm-hmm. Uh, they insist on using the term Peter tingle instead of Spidey sense. Mm-hmm. And it bothers me. Do you think Call it, has, it what it is. Has it been coined yet in the spider in this Spider-Man? No, but they've used it before. The they've term- established he has it. Right. They've never they ter- termed it. So it hasn't been termed yet. So but don't call it, it the Peter Tingle. Well, it hasn't been termed yet into Spidey Sense. But Spider-Man fans know it's a Spidey Sense. Yeah, but in the in the way of the movie, they I don't, don't care about the way of the movie. Call it fucking Spidey Sense. Don't call it the Peter Tingle. Anything but the Peter Tingle. I thought it was cute. I know they used it as like a joke, but like, stop with the Peter Tingle. But he gets hit with a banana. <laughs> And um, she packs his suit in there and says, thought you might need this, along with some bananas. And he gets pulled over by customs because not because of fucking suit. bananas in his bag. Do they see the suit? They do see the suit, but they might think it's just like a costume. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. I, I keep forgetting that it is not established that, su- that Spider-Man is a superhero in is only a superhero in New York. Well, he's more popular now because of uh, what the events of Endgame. Mm-hmm. But still, he is a very much... He's a New York superhero. Yeah. He's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah, he's not world-saving Spider-Man. Even so, I think that this is a line from the trailer, and it's still in the movie when he decides he's not taking the suit, and he goes, Europe doesn't need a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Which is a really good line. It is. I also like though that they take Spider-Man out of out of New York, yeah, and put him in Europe. I liked it too, because I'm gonna point out something to you, Ian, that later on in the review, which is when I give my like final thoughts, okay, that you won't have noticed, okay, but but I noticed it. I don't notice a lot of things, Frankie. And it's well, you also didn't see Homecoming. Spoiler, <laughs> spoiler to um, the review. Yeah, I know, but uh, it'll <laughs> involve. A little bit of what happened in Homecoming. Okay. But um, something that I think you'll find very interesting, and okay. the way what I'm gonna when I give my hot take at the end of the review. We love hot takes. We, we have a hot, I have a hot take coming for all you people, so get ready for it. <laughs> so uh, they go to Venice. That's the first stop. And while they're in Venice, uh, Peter executes the next part of his plan. He gets a necklace for MJ. Based off of the Black Dahlia. For the murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, while, right. Murder. While they're getting the, um, while he's getting the necklace, the water elemental mm-hmm. attacks the city. And Spidey, he ha- like Peter has to try and help. But um, Quentin Beck shows up. Mm-hmm. And destroys the creature yeah and then nick fury 
shows up and shoots <laughs> Ned with the tranquilizer dart, and he's trying to explain things to Peter. And you get a really funny moment where people keep like knocking on the doors. Oh, Frankie, you forgot to mention uh, Ned gets a girlfriend in this movie. Oh yeah, so Ned, after sitting on the plane, is dating Betty now. <laughs> Because they have a lot in common. That was our what-the-fuck moment of the movie. <laughs> well, um, that's true. In the comics, though, Ned and Betty are actual characters, and they end up getting married. <gasps> so there is hope. Well, Ned gets his throat cut shortly after, so. But there is hope. Yikes! <laughs> okay. Jinkies. So, Fury, Fury meets with Parker, and he gives him, he gives Peter Parker, he gives Peter uh, Tony's glasses. Mm-hmm. And they're equipped with an artificial intelligence named Edith, which which stands for Even Dead, I'm the Hero. <laughs> which is Tony's... Even when he's dead, he's still an asshole. Lasting contribution. I love Tony. Tony Stark was, is my second favorite character in the MCU. Yeah. So it has access to all databases of Stark Industries... It has all of access to the satellites that Stark Industries has, all the weapons that Stark Industries has. Because remember, Stark Industries is originally a weapons manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has access to people's fucking text messages. <laughs> it has access to the fucking cloud, I guess, because it can delete photos from a phone, which we'll get to later. So when he's meeting with Stark, he all, or with... Nick Fury, he also meets Quentin Beck, who at this point is being called Mysterio. Uh, Mysterio is says... Is that, he? Yeah, because uh, they have the news report in the hotel where they call him Man of Mystery in Italian, and the high schoolers think that means his name is Mysterio. Yeah, but when he, when he first meets him, he's just like, call me Quentin Beck. Like, he doesn't take on yeah. Mysterio until well, later. Okay, he takes it on later, but the the kids are calling him Mysterio. That's what the kids are saying these days, you know? It's all Mysterio this, Mysterio that, you know? And Ya Yeet, man. Yeah. (laughs) That's what the kids are saying. So, uh, Beck says that the Elementals killed his family, and that he comes from a different reality. And it's one among many in the multiverse. Mm -hmm. Also... I want to point out a little comic book fact for you. Okay. In the comic books, there are multiverses. Correct. And when Mysterio is talking about the multiverses, he says that Peter's Earth is Earth 616. Mm-hmm. And in Marvel Comics, Earth 616 is like Earth Prime. Okay. So it's the Earth that we live on, if the comics were real. Mm-hmm. So, like, I thought that was a nice little touch to put, like, yeah. oh, you live on Earth 616. Mm-hmm. With experiment six two six. Oh, that's Stitch. You know, I feel like Stitch needs to make an appearance in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No, please don't. The MCU for short. Nope. Not to be confused with the Dooku. The Dark Universe Cinematic Universe. <laughs> the Dooku. <laughs> Not to be cu- confused with Count Dooku. Not to be confused Who's with... Who's a Star Wars villain. Yes, and not to be confused with Frankie and I's uh, own cinematic universe, the Muku. The Muku, <laughs> which is the mythical universe. Cinematic universe. The mythos. Uh, so, Nick Fury asks Peter to help them out, and Peter says no. Hmm. 
and he's going to rejoin the school trip, go to Paris, go to the Eiffel Tower, and tell MJ how he feels. Nick Fury's not having any of that shit. <laughs> and he redirects the entire school trip to fucking Prague. <laughs> so they go to Prague. Mm-hmm. Where the fire elemental, the most powerful of the elementals, is going to strike. Mm-hmm. So there's a carnival going on. All the students are going to go to the carnival. Peter's it's, like, well, fuck. It's a light festival. Peter's like, fuck. I can't let my friends get killed. So he has Nick Fury get them tickets to the opera. No, he has Edith do it. Oh, he does have Edith do it. That's right. Nick Fury is like, stop being a little bitch and caring about your friends. That's true. So he has Edith get them tickets to the opera. They go to the opera house, and you have another, like, awkward, cute moment with MJ and Peter. (laughs) And then Peter, though, has to leave because he has to stop the fire elemental. But MJ follows him out. Well, before uh, he leaves, uh, Brad totally flips him off. Oh, Brad flips him off. Brad's an ass. Oh, my God. Wait a second. We forgot a part of the movie. I was going to say, you mentioned uh, it. So when they're driving to Prague, um, and they have a rest stop, and he gets into like the rest stop, and Nick Fury has one of the men send him into this room, and there's a woman there who has built Spider-Man a new suit, because Peter's concern about fighting in Europe is that if he disappears on the school trip, and Spider-Man shows up in Europe, people are going to figure out that he's Spider-Man. Spoiler alert, it doesn't work anyway. <laughs> and he doesn't want to put the people he loves in danger, which is why he keeps his identity secret. Correct. Um, Meanwhile, keep in mind, Nick Fury's, like, workers, like, one of the workers, Dimitri, is the one that's driving the van. Yeah, well, this school has no security protocol, I guess. <laughs> they don't check that out at all. So... He's in there, and the girl tells him, take off your clothes to try on the new suit they give him. Mm-hmm. And she's very insistent on this point of taking off clothes. So he takes off his pants, and Brad walks in and takes a picture of him with this woman, in, and Peter's in his underwear, so he can show MJ. And mm-hmm. MJ won't like him anymore if she does. And this is when we knew Brad was the real villain of the movie. <laughs> yeah, and then Peter wants to delete the picture from Brad's phone <laughs> and he accidentally sends a drone after Brad to kill him. <laughs> which is fun. Uh, but he does get the phone deleted. The picture deleted off the phone. Mm-hmm. But uh, in Prague, uh, Brad flips him off when Peter leaves and then he goes to sit next to MJ who is saving a seat for Peter. Mm-hmm. But uh, MJ leaves. Correct. To follow Peter. And then so Betty leaves. And Betty. Yeah, well, I was going to get to that. Betty leaves because she thinks that MJ just left to sneak off to the festival. Mm-hmm. So Ned has to leave with her. Yeah. So they get to the festival. They're on the Ferris wheel. And the fire elemental attacks. <laughs> and Beck and Peter destroy it. And then after the fight, uh, Nick Fury and Maria Hill show up and they invite Peter and Beck to Berlin to discuss the formation of a new superhero team because the Avengers are gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Parker 
or Peter, when they're when they're at a bar, they go to a bar. Him, Quentin Beck takes Peter to a bar. Well, before that, something flies out of the elemental. Mm. And During and- the fight, yeah. a piece of metal flies off of uh, the near the Ferris wheel. And also, because Peter is trying to save his friends more than defeat this thing, that's why Nick Fury is like, "Fuck you." Yeah. Uh, when he's trying to save his friends, a piece of metal, like, his web hits a piece of metal that doesn't, like, it doesn't reach the Ferris wheel. Mm-hmm. And it gets, like, thrown back the metal, and MJ picks it up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but after the fight, Peter and Beck go to a bar. And Peter says that maybe Tony wasn't trying to give him Edith. Maybe mm-hmm. Tony wanted him to pick out who should have Edith. And so he decides that Beck is worthy of having it. Correct. And he gives him the Edith glasses and leaves. After he leaves, it's revealed that this is not actually a bar. It's just some rundown building. And Quentin Beck is actually a former holographic illusion specialist. Who worked for Tony. At Stark Industries, yes. Who was fired because he was unstable. Mm-hmm. And he's leading a team of disgruntled ex-Stark employees using advanced drones created by William, <laughs> who is from the first Iron Man movie, mm-hmm. when Obadiah Stane, canonically and objectively, the best fucking villain in the history of the MCU. You want to know why? Because this why? man rides a fucking Segway while smoking a cigar. I love that. Uh, when when Obadiah Stane like fucking yells at a man in Iron Man One, if if our viewers have seen it, he yells at a man in Iron Man One. He's like Tony's. Wait, he tries to have his team build the fucking Iron Man suit, mm-hmm. and he yells at a dude who's like the guy's like we can't do it, and he goes, Tony Stark built this shit in a fucking cave, you miserable son of a bitch. They show that <laughs> clip in the movie, and they do they show that clip in the movie. Yeah, one thing that I really appreciate about it is that they actually show, like, why everybody is pissed. <laughs> yeah, and they have, I think, valid reasons. Yeah. They take it too far. Well, they don't take it too far. Well, William and Beck take it too far. Beck take yeah. I think Beck takes it more too far. He does, but William William's along. William William doesn't do anything to stop this shit. Well, he's being threatened to be shot at. At the end of the movie, though. Oh, yeah. That's all William. Yeah. And we'll get to that. So mm-hmm. after, after it's revealed that Shocker, well-known Spider-Man villain Mysterio, is in fact the villain of this Spider-Man film, <laughs> Who'd have thought? We'll, we'll we'll get to that, and when we actually talk about stuff, uh, they get back. Um, Mary Jane deduces that Peter is Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and he goes, "I'm not Spider-Man." And then they discover that a piece of debris that she retrieved, like this, is her evidence that he's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. It has the same webbing that Spider-Man uses. That that piece of metal from the fight is actually a projector that yeah. presents a simulation of the air elemental. Mm-hmm. And they both realize that 
Quentin Beck is a fraud. Yeah. And Peter reveals, I actually am Spider-Man. We're fucked because I made a fucking mistake. Mm-hmm. Well, it also shows that uh, the suit doesn't have anybody in them. Yes, they go back to Quentin Beck. And they show him filming fight choreography mm-hmm. for the next fight with uh, his team. And they're using Edith to command hundreds of drones now. Yeah. To make the fight, like, super realistic and super destructive. And he discovers that one of the drones isn't working properly and finds out that Mary MJ took the evidence. I keep wanting to say Mary Jane, but her name is not Mary Jane. Yeah. It's Michelle Jones. It's specifically not Mary Jane. And they specifically only call her MJ. Yeah. Uh, so... When Peter discovers that, hey, MJ's in danger, Ned's probably in danger, too. Mm -hmm. He puts the suit on. He goes to Berlin because Nick Fury is going to be there. Mm -hmm. Uh, He then realizes that when he meets with Nick Fury, Mm -hmm. he's not meeting with Nick Fury. No, he is. No, because remember, that turns out to be an illusion. No, the other. Oh, yeah. All of it, all of what he sees in this scene is an illusion. And then he gets hit by a... Quentin Beck causes Spider-Man, a 16-year-old kid, to get hit by a train. Mm -hmm. What a fucking psychopath. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, He survives, but he's super injured. He falls into the train, unconscious, and he wakes up in a jail cell. Detained. In, in the Netherlands. <laughs> with three of the best characters who in the movie are simply cited as the Netherlands. Um, <laughs> fo- football hooligans. <laughs> uh, he wakes up and he ends up contacting Happy Hogan. Mm-hmm. Hogan flies to the Netherlands, picks up Parker. Picks up Peter. And they realize that MJ's in danger, Ned's in danger, and Betty's in danger. Mm-hmm. So they have to go to London. Yeah, the trip gets diverted to London. Yes. Thanks in part to uh, Beck. Beck. Uh, and while they're on the plane, Peter reveals, like, hey, I don't know how to do this. Everyone wants me to be the next Iron Man, but I can't be. Yeah, and happy superhero shit. Yeah, and happy goes. You don't have. To, you're not the next Iron Man. You're never gonna be Iron Man. But even Tony doubted what he was doing. Tony wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. But he, be- the one thing he did know 100 percent was that he believed in you, and he starts building a new suit using Tony's technology mm-hmm. on the um. Uh, jet. That was cool. Yeah, it is cool. Uh, they make it to London, where Beck has created an elemental fusion of all four elementals: earth, air, water, and fire. Which, right away, you would think, because Nick Fury and assistant lady—I don't know her name, Maria Hill. Yeah, uh, are uh, also in London. Yeah. And you would think, because 
it's a combination and it's like wait weren't those fuckers destroyed yeah well they also that's when nick fury starts to like disbelieve it mm-hmm. but then ha- hogan happy hogan sends him a message and it's coded and like reveals that not everything is as it seems mm-hmm. um uh, there's a big fight scene. There's really not much to talk about. It's this a, whole, it's a superhero, this whole thing is just an action piece. It's a superhero fight scene. Yeah. Uh, they get to where uh, Beck's trying to kill MJ and Peter. Peter breaks through all the illusions, though, and regains control of Edith, mm-hmm. defeating Mysterio. Mysterio um, accidentally shoots himself. Yeah, he dies by a misfired drone gunshot because uh, there's drones, like, right near his head that mm. aren't firing. And he asks Edith why they're not firing. Edith says, you're in the strike zone. He goes, fire all drones anyway. While Peter's fighting, he kicks a drone mm-hmm. out of the way. And before it gets destroyed, it fires a couple shots into Beck's chest. Yep. And then William escapes with a Beck dies. Yeah. After trying to shoot Peter in the head. Yeah. Uh, and after he dies, um, William escapes with drone files and recordings. Mm-hmm. And the movie ends with Peter swing through New York. Well, okay. To the pick movie up, ends, well, hold pick on. up MJ. The movie ends with MJ and Peter be- finally becoming a couple. Yes. They've been teasing it throughout the entire movie. Well, he swings through New York to meet her. Mm-hmm. And they finally become a couple. No, they become a couple in London. That's true. But, like, this is the beginning. <laughs> and I'll tell you why when I get to my review. Okay. Um, and so that's the end of the movie. But Marvel always has to be fucking extra. Mm-hmm. And have some mid-credit scenes and post-credit scenes. Mm-hmm. So the mid credit scene. We get a news report in Times Square <laughs> from everyone's fucking favorite. Goddamn J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. Meaning that he is the first person to cross over from a different cinematic universe of the same yeah. franchise. Yeah, but he's a comp- he's a different J. Jonah Jameson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has, like, the Daily Bugle net, dot net. Oh, yeah. It's not a newspaper. It's definitely, like, an online thing. They're definitely basing it off of the video game. Yeah. He blames Spider-Man for the Elementals attack and broadcasts doctored footage of the incident that was made by William and Beck. Mm-hmm. And Beck incriminates Spider-Man for his death, saying that Spider-Man deliberately executed him. Mm-hmm. And then... He reveals Spider-Man's identity mm-hmm. as Peter Parker. Yeah. Dick move. Really dick move. Um, then the post credit scene really isn't much to go on. Uh, it's, not, it's just like a fun thing where you have the Skrulls, Talos, and Soren from Captain Marvel revealing that they were Fury and Hill the entire time. Yeah. And we're just working uh, by under the direction of the real Nick Fury, who is taking command of a Skrull spaceship. Mm-hmm. And that's the official end of Far From Home. 
Yeah, the last line of the film is, can somebody find my shoes? By yeah. Nick Fury. <laughs> yes, it is. So, Ian. Yes. What did you think of Spider-Man Far From Home? Is this just like just first reactions before we start delving no, in? We can we can delve in right now if you want to. Okay, great. Uh, I thought it was a pretty solid movie for the most part. Okay. Um, I guess my problem is a little bit of the writing. Okay. In the sense of. It, my biggest quandary with this movie is the fact that you could see that Mysterio was a villain from a mile away. Yeah. Like, there was no trying to hide it. That's true. You know. And I love twists. I love fake-outs. Mm-hmm. And I would have loved if there were something like that. Because... Mysterio wasn't the villain? No, where it's like Mysterio, Mysterio's nice, and then like it wasn't op- as obvious as it was going to be. Yeah. Because they were painting him out to have that sort of edit. Very much like in the Kim Possible review, when we talked yeah. about Kim Possible, that cyborg chick. Athena. Yeah. Very, literally copy paste of that. But done way better. Done way better, but basically because you have a better actor with right, Jake Hall as Mysterio. Right, basically the same concept. Okay. Which I don't mind, but if you're gonna do a concept like that, do it differently. You know, it's the same tired thing. You know, if you're gonna fake it, fake me out, like really fake me out, like really make me gasp. Okay. Because, as as Frankie said, I did not see the first Spider-Man movie, nor am I really familiar with the Spider-Man comics. I'm, like, like, I've always been a Spider-Man fan, mm-hmm. but I've been, like, in the cinema world. Yeah. I don't know, like, all the things, like, that go on in the comics. Yeah. So I was not aware that Mysterian, Mysterio or whatever his fucking name is, was a villain. Was a villain, yeah. But because of the way that the movie was written and filmed and all that, it gave it away too early. Okay. I can I can see that. And as and I know I know for a fact that Cletus and Joanne in Middle America are mm-hmm. also not able do not read the comics. You know, your average person does not read the comics all the time. So if you're going to fake people out, you need to do it in a way that is not as obvious. And I just felt like this was too obvious. That's that's a fair criticism. I don't think it... It doesn't ruin the film for me. It doesn't ruin the film. I just... It's and my I, biggest quandary with it. I don't have as much of a problem with it as you do. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen Homecoming. Correct. And so this isn't the story of Spider-Man versus Mysterio. Mm-hmm. To me, 
as someone who's seen Homecoming, mm. uh, and I guess I'll get into this point now. This is the story of Spider-Man finally becoming Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Because you can say, oh, he's Spider-Man in the first movie, or like he's he, he's Spider-Man in Spider-Man Homecoming, or he's Spider-Man in Endgame, or he's Spider-Man in, in Infinity War. He he is technically Spider-Man. But this is the movie where he finally is forced to stand on his own mm-hmm. and fight and mm-hmm. make and make choices. Mm-hmm. Because in the first few movies, the choices are always made for him. Even if he disobeys the choices like he does in Infinity War, mm-hmm. he makes that choice. He, he finally makes choices that have lasting consequences here. Mm-hmm. And no one to save him mm-hmm. if the choice backfires. Yeah, he has to and, do it the same. Yeah. The interesting thing that I, I was talking about that I wanted to point out that like solidifies him. If you take away the end credit scenes mm-hmm. and you v- view this just as a movie, as a traditional film from opening mm-hmm. to closing mm-hmm. without the end credit scenes, mm-hmm. opening scene, closing scene before the credits. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man Homecoming takes place in New York, mm-hmm. but never do you see Spider-Man in Manhattan. Mm. He's only ever in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. He's never in Manhattan in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. He's never in Manhattan in Civil War. Mm-hmm. He's never in Manhattan in uh, in um Endgame, obviously. And there's yeah, God no. And the iconic image of Spider-Man is always going to be him swinging through downtown New York City. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time you get to see Tom Holland's Mm Spider-Man. That that final scene where he's going to meet MJ for their date is the first time you see him swing through New York City. Mm -hmm. And that's the moment when I was like, that's what this film is about. This film is about Peter finding himself. Hmm. And so I think they, I, I think Marvel, I think Marvel movies are not great art. I'm hmm. not going to say they're great art. But I think Kevin Feige, or Feige, however you want to say his, however he says his name, mm-hmm. is a very smart individual. And deliberately did not have Peter Parker swinging through mm. the downtown New York. Okay. And because of that, I feel that this movie stands up very well as like ending phase three and telling of the best the best spider-man the second best spider-man story that's been in theaters live action mm-hmm. i have to add live action because spider-verse is so good mm. but i don't know it tells this story it, it's the evolution of spider-man mm. and the evolution in a character mm-hmm. that you don't really get to see with any other character in the mcu okay 
Because other characters change. Mm-hmm. Like Thor changes. Mm-hmm. But Thor is his own hero from the moment he steps foot in the first movie. Uh-huh. And Iron Man changes, but he's his own hero from the moment he sets foot in the first movie. And Captain America, and they, they all change. All the, like, the core characters that have had multiple movies of them change. Mm-hmm. But they're all heroes and established heroes the moment they set foot mm-hmm. in their movies. Spider-Man isn't his own hero in his first movie because he still has Tony Stark's in that movie. Okay. And Iron Man like is hovering over him in that movie but doesn't Peter never breaks out of that. Mhm. And in this movie he breaks out of that having the memory of Tony Stark over him. Mhm. And finally becomes Spider-Man. And I think that's why the Mysterio thing didn't bother me as much. Okay. Because I don't think the story was ever supposed to be about Mysterio. Okay. But I can see your point. Mm-hmm. Where if people aren't viewing the movie the way I'm viewing it. Yeah. Because you haven't seen Homecoming. Mm-hmm. That. Uh, wow, okay. That, mm-hmm. um. What? I heard my voice coming <laughs> back from your end. Yeah, it happens once in a while. Yeah. That, uh, but like you're saying, that, that, like, that, um, it could be kind of disheartening to have that twist be so called out right away. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I, I see that point. It just didn't affect the movie, I think, from my standpoint, that it affected your view of the movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying, like, it affected it, like, as negatively as I, as it may appear. Yeah. Because I really did enjoy it. Like, I enjoyed it a lot. hmm But again, I, I just wish that it had, I feel like it was, it was such a fantastic movie, and it could have been, like, I don't want to say, like, god tier level, but, like, up there, you know, if the twist mm-hmm. was an actual twist. Yeah. I think if they did that, this could have been the monumental movie of the, of the Spider-Man series, you know? I think it is. Because... Mm. Just because Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man. Oh, I I totally agree. And this is this is better than Homecoming. Some people are saying it's not. Some people are saying it's are. It is. Mm-hmm. I think this is better than Homecoming. Okay. Because Homecoming, I think, played a lot on the. Uh, and I love, as you know, I love Tony Stark. Yeah. He is my second favorite character in the MCU. Used to be my favorite before this movie. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Spider-Man is now my favorite. Oh, damn. Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. Oh, damn. And now he's my favorite in the MCU. Because... Wow. <laughs> but the reason why I think that it's better... Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. is because the first one really kind of I don't know how to word it. It it uses the Tony Stark crutch. I don't want to say crutch, but I guess that's the best term for it. Mm-hmm. Too much. And this one doesn't have that for obvious reasons. He's dead. Mm-hmm. So it it works better. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that made sense. No, it did. Okay. I'm glad then. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you talked about uh, the bad thing for you. Hmm. Um. The bad thing for me. The, the, the what I said was mediocre is the the cinematography mm-hmm. um there are a couple moments m- mainly with the illusion scene it's mainly that where mm-hmm. where Peter goes to fight back in Berlin well doesn't go to fight him in Berlin but ends up fighting back in Berlin mm-hmm and he has all those illusions. I yeah. think the camera work there is really good. Because mm-hmm. it shows some interesting shots because it's an illusion world. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I thought it was just like basic cinematography. Okay. There's nothing interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I always like for the MCU, most of the movies are just like shot mm-hmm. in a standard way. But, like, Black Panther will always be my go-to. Ugh. With that really good shot of, like, the first time... Mm-hmm. T'Challa walks in to the throne room, and it's just a normal shot. But then the first time Killmonger... Yeah. ...walks in, it's upside down. Mm-hmm. And it twists. That's just such a great, like, shot. And a great camera work that there's just no interesting camera work in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess if that's like the worst thing I can say about this movie. Yeah. Obviously, some of the writing isn't great. Uh, yeah. And like, it's not a perfect movie. Some of the effects aren't amazing. Oh, see, I thought the effects were great. I thought the effects were great, except for like some of the elementals. Like, the the water elemental looked weird to me. Like, it's supposed <laughs> to have a face. I couldn't really see the face. Okay. Mysterio smoke looked weird. Yeah. I have other problems with, like, little plot holes. Like, the biggest plot hole for me... Okay. ...is the Spidey Sense plot hole. <laughs> where they, they tried, I guess they try to establish at the beginning where he gets hit with the fucking banana Mm. that his spidey sense isn't working Mm -hmm. 
But then after that, he gets into two big fights, mm-hmm. and it seems to be working fine. Uh, okay. Because he doesn't, he doesn't get hit by anything big, mm-hmm. really. And all the moves that, like, all the attacks that do hit him come from, like, him being distracted by si- trying to save people. Mm-hmm. So, like, he, it, it's it's reasonable that his sense, like, he maybe felt it, but he ignored it. Because mm-hmm. he's trying to help civilians. Yeah. But then at the end of the movie, he just goes, yeah, my Spidey sense hasn't been working very well. And I'm like, what do you mean? It hasn't been working very well. Mm-hmm. It, it's seemingly been working fine. Except for when you got hit in the face with a fucking banana. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's back. And I'm like, did it leave? When did it leave? They could. I, I wish they would have paid more attention to that. If because it's such a significant part of the climax, mm-hmm. where Beck tries to use the illusions again and he fights through it using the Spidey sense, mm-hmm. that like I wish they would have shown him struggling with it more. Yeah, because it doesn't seem like he's struggling with it, and they're like, "Oh, he has been," and I'm like, "Okay." I think that I, I think that's what they were trying to convey in the other elemental scenes, but they didn't do a good job of it. Yeah. Because I see, because I saw the arc that they were trying to do. They were trying to do like because he's so affected by Stark's death. Once he was able to get that encouragement from Happy and the yeah, were like he was able to reclaim his Spidey sense. Like that was really the thing that was clouding it. Yeah. And and I saw that, and I'm like, okay, that's actually really compelling and really good. But then yeah. in the other action scenes, like. He, he had it, but he didn't have it. Like, Yeah, he's, like, perfectly fine. I wouldn't say he's perfectly fine. It, it never affects him mm-hmm. in a scene, in a fight scene, mm-hmm. or even an action scene. Because, like, there's a little little mini action pieces, like when he has to fight the drone that he sends after Brad. Fuck you, mm-hmm. Brad. <laughs> um, yeah. it, it doesn't work, but I think that... Yeah, I think those are my main two problems with the film. Mm-hmm. The, that writing point where, like, they don't put any emphasis really on the, um, the Spidey, Spidey sense. sense yeah. Where where I prefer show, don't tell. Mm-hmm. But this was don't show, don't tell. <laughs> where they showed us once and then we're like, remember the banana? Yeah, that was important. <laughs> uh But then, like, you also have, like, other things that don't happen. Like, he, he fights fine. It, it's weird. Mm. That, and then, like, the, the lack of imaginative or creative or, like, meaningful camera work. Mm. For me. Like, some of the, the shots are amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the mise-en-scene. Yeah. Ooh, come on, and, mise-en-scene. Yeah, the way they have things placed. Like, I mentioned with the Tony Stark mural. Yeah, but but just overall, like the camera work itself is just like static, or if it moves, it's just like in traditional movement fashions. I want something dynamic. You know, I think this just kind of proves that Black Panther was the perfect MCU movie. It wasn't the perfect MCU movie. Obviously, it is. If there it... are some problems with Black Panther, I have after watching it a second time. 
but like cinematography wise. Oh, cinematography wise, I think it's the best. And I think it kind of fucked everybody else over. <laughs> I I do have to say though. Hmm. Before I, I I wanted to ask you a question. Okay. Because I talked about my highlight of the film, which is like the Spidey arc. Mm-hmm. But before that, uh, non Avengers division, because I think the Avengers, like those four movies, mm-hmm. even Ultron, which people trash, mm-hmm. I think they kind of stand above the other ones because and are hard to compete with. Mm-hmm. Like it's very hard to compete with Endgame because you have everybody, every character in that movie. It's very hard to compete with Infinity War because you have everyone in that movie. I think the first Avengers movie is boring. Fight me. Um, but <laughs> we're not going to talk that. Uh, I think discounting the Avenger movies themselves. Mm. That the Spider-Man series itself mm-hmm. is the best complete series mm. in the MCU. Okay. That can change if Spider-Man 3 is a hunk of shit. <laughs> as long as, you know what, I want Tom Holland to come out as emo Peter. No, God, if Emo Peter makes an appearance, I'll, I will leave the theater. I want it to happen. You know Tom Holland. I want Tom Holland to wear his Rihanna wig that he wore for a lip sync battle and do oh. Emo Please Peter. don't. Please don't. Please I, don't, Tom. I'm putting this out in the universe. I want it. No one wants that. No one else wants that. I want it. But yeah, I think it's the best series. Okay. By far. Mm-hmm. But uh, let me ask you, what's your highlight of the film? My highlight of the film is definitely the acting. Oh, very good acting. I think this is one of his... Okay, I'm looking at the list of Marvel movies. Yes. That I've seen. Okay. I'm going to list what I've seen. Because I feel like this will help the audience, like, understand. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've seen Endgame. I've seen Civil War. I've seen Deadpool. Deadpool 2. Oh, you're counting those. Yeah. Those technically aren't in the universe. You know what? On Wikipedia it says it is, so... Okay. Uh, (laughs) I've seen both Guardians of the Galaxies. I've seen... Now, Far From Home. I've seen Ragnarok. I've seen Logan. Mm -hmm. I've seen Black Panther. I've seen both kick-ass movies and both uh, Kingsman movies and out of all the movies that I've listed this is probably the best acted one that I've seen I think so Black Panther is definitely a close second yeah but this is definitely like the best acted Marvel movie I've seen I would have to agree with you. You know, I think, first of all, Tom Holland is is definitely the best Spider-Man. Yes. Of all time. Like, I I, I will totally agree with you that he is the best Spider-Man. Sorry, Tobey Maguire. <laughs> you finally... I'm not sorry. Um, but just the way he doesn't... I, I feel like with other Spider-Mans, they've played him as an adult, whereas with Tom Holland, I feel like he is a teenager. 
That's true. And also, he has managed to do what the other two couldn't, which is be a believable Peter Parker and a believable Spider-Man. Yes. Tobey Maguire was a believable Peter Parker, but I couldn't take him seriously as Spider-Man. Mm. And Andrew Garfield was not a believable Peter Parker in the slightest, but he was a good Spider-Man. <laughs> See, I thought Andrew Garfield was just trash. Oh, he is trash, but he was like, he was fun as Spider, like in the suit. Mm. But I'm not believing this guy got bullied a day in his life. Look at him. Oh, look at his looks. Gorgeous. Beautiful. Um, and also, all the supporting characters are incredibly active as well. Zendaya, Zendaya, ah, Zendaya was great. She is my favorite of the Spider-Man girlfriends. Mm-hmm. I want to say the chemistry between the two. Yes, is amazing. The chemistry between Zendaya and, and and Tom Holland is is perfect. Mm-hmm. If it was bad, it would have broken this entire film. Oh, for sure. But they have chemistry, which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Also, I think it helps that they're young, still young. That's true. Because they can easily tap into those high school feelings mm. much quicker than, say, a Tobey Maguire or a Kirsten Dunst could ever. That's very true. Or even Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. You know, I think because their advantage of being younger is really paying off. It is. And... Overall, they're they're nailing it. That's true. Uh, the supporting characters were amazing as well. I think Jake Gyllenhaal was is one of the best villains that Marvel has had. Yes, I was just gonna say that. Mm-mm. And Marvel, looking back at their history. That's the one thing, even if they have a good movie, Mm -hmm. they suffer from. The villains. Yes. The villains are always the weakest point, Mm character-wise. And in this movie, they aren't. Mm -hmm. Which is very nice. Mm -hmm. Because you want an interesting villain. Yeah. I think Mysterio, Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio, is probably... And I don't know if I'll get flack for this, but I think he's the most dangerous villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think they portrayed him as such, and that's very good. Mm -hmm. Coming as someone who's, like, read the comics and played Mm -hmm. some of the games and knows a little bit about Mysterio, Mysterio is usually portrayed as somewhat of a joke. Honey, he he wasn't a joke in this one. Like, there are times when he's not a joke, because he is part of the Sinister Six, he's done some damage, but he's done, they did very well making him seem dangerous. He was fucking insane. 
He was. Fucking insane. And that, to me, is more compelling than somebody who's just, I'm evil because I'm evil. I want to take mm-hmm. over the world. He had, he had a legit viewpoint. I'm looking at you, Thanos. <laughs> I think Thanos is a great villain. Shut up. <laughs> he looks like a raisin. That's, shut up. I don't <laughs> care that he looks like a raisin. <laughs> I think that, though, that he has uh, Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Has like the bet has a very good motivation mm-hmm. that is a, like a connectable motivation mm-hmm. where your boss screws you over mm-hmm. and you want to take revenge for that, mm-hmm. but then he takes it too far. Yeah, and, and I very much appreciate that. That it's a villain that, like, wholeheartedly believes he's right. Mm-hmm. I think you need that in a villain. Yeah, I agree. Like, but again, he's just... <sighs> he's just so dangerous. Like, he is. Like, he can't, like, ugh. Ugh. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so, I think we should rate the film. Okay. So, what what would you give it? Are are we rating it numerically? Yeah, we do numerical. We did Aladdin numerically, so. Out of ten? Yes, out of ten. Out of ten, I'm going to give this a nine. I think we might have done letter grades last time, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't know. You know what? Um, we we don't. We'll do. We'll change it up. It's numbers now. That, yeah. This is the start of the canonical film review series. So <laughs> you give it a nine. I. Aladdin was our pilot. This is our actual first season. Yeah, I would give it an eight point five. Okay. Out of ten. I think that's as good as I can give it without being like a close to per like this isn't being this is this film isn't close to perfect. Mhm. But I think it's it's very good. Mhm. And anything less than an 8 is kind of fucking a travesty and <laughs> bad at what you do. Well, yeah. So, so we we should we did do this with Aladdin, mm-hmm. and we did this with Kim Possible. Yeah, we will one hundred percent give this film. I I dare say, I, and I'm speaking for you. If I'm wrong, correct me. Okay. But I dare say we one hundred percent give this film the Pack Rat seal of approval. Yes, arf arf arf. Uh, if you're listening to the review, and you haven't seen it, mm-hmm. see it. Well, first of all, we spoiled the entire fucking movie for you. Well, we did spoil the film for you, but you still see it. Yeah, definitely see it. Give them money, because they deserve it for this movie. Uh, in the title, like, you've already seen the title, but it'll say spoilers, so you know going in that there's spoilers. But watch it again. It's that good. I would watch it a second time. Yeah, I would definitely watch this movie again. 
Um, I want <laughs> I want to watch it again with some of our friends. I know that's the problem. Like we're not near any of our friends, and I want to watch it with them because I just want to see their reaction to the hashtag the twist at the end. Hashtag plot twist that is totally called from the beginning. Oh, I'm talking about Mysterio. Oh, I'm talking about the twist at the end. Mm-hmm. Which I think is the best mid credit scene that Marvel's ever done. Mm-hmm. Because it, it does what I think all the mid credit scenes attempt to do in the perfect way. Mm-hmm. It gives fan service. Yes. With Because everyone wanted J.K. Simmons back. Yeah. And they got him back. And they didn't announce it either. Mm-hmm. Which is a great surprise. But it, it gives that fan service for mm-hmm. J.K. Simmons. And it sets up the next Spider-Man film perfectly. Because, and I think that's the highest, for Marvel films, which are all basically just commercials for the next film. Yeah. I think the best praise I can give it is that I want to see the next Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see the next Spider-Man movie. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm more excited just from the acting standpoint. I think, like I said, this is the most, to me, one of the best acted of the Marvel universe. Like, I believe it. I believe you believe it. I think it is good. And unlike other movies that I have seen, because my problem with the other movies, which thank God we didn't review, because you and I would have fought. What other movies? <laughs> like the like the other Marvel movies that we have seen together. Oh, uh, maybe that'll be a series. Maybe because, one of the series later on, if we get bored with something, mm-hmm. we'll be yeah. watching the MCU. Yeah, because to me, especially in the later ones, yeah, I feel like they're just, a lot of the acting is just, I'm here for the check, let's go. Hmm. So it, okay. was, it was very refreshing to see performances that were fresh. And actually excited to like excited to be in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that uh, we've gone a long time talking about this movie. We can go longer if you want. We us. could go longer, but uh, my editing ability disappears the longer a video goes. <laughs> so. If it's longer than a minute. (laughs) I lose all editing ability. So we're going to put a pause on it. I think we've gotten most of the points out, though. I got most of my points out. Yeah. Oh, also give Marissa Tomei another Oscar, just in general. Oh, I did want to make one final thing, which is something you won't have noticed Mm. because you haven't watched it. But uh, there's a... The scene where he builds the suit on the plane mm-hmm. is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's another good like callback to a previous movie without being overtly obvious. Is it well, the obviously, Iron Man movie? Well, yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> well, it's also Iron Man in general, where the way he's building the suit 
It's very emblematic of how Tony Stark works. You know, I thought after Tony Stark died, I would never have to hear or see Tony Stark again. But, you know, they just, they just. <laughs> we just get lucky. You get lucky. I love Tony Stark. You're right. Um, yeah. But this this movie, because it ends phase three. Mm-hmm. Which, which this entire, these first three phases of the MCU, no matter how long it goes, started with Iron Man. Yeah. And the first song you hear for Iron Man is Back in Black. Mm-hmm. Oh. And that's how the movie... <laughs> that's how the, yeah. That's how the movie opens mm-hmm. with that song playing. And I think it's very telling that the movie where Spider-Man finally kind of does take the mantle of Iron Man without mm-hmm. being Iron Man, with, like, being himself. They play that song for him. Yeah. And I think I think for the first time since Endgame, like, after Endgame, I was like, where do they go from here? Mm-hmm. I think I'm actually excited for the future of the MCU. That could all diminish with whatever movie comes next. I don't remember what it is. Uh, next up is Black Widow. Okay, so that won't have any impact on the future. Mm-hmm. Because that's a prequel film. Yeah. Let me let me look. You keep talking. Um, I, I can look it with you as well, and then there'll be dead silence. No, you keep talking. I'm looking. But I can't keep talking. I don't know what's happening. I don't know how to just talk. <laughs> you know, it's it's just Black Widow for right yeah, now. Yeah, Black Widow. Oh, they have other things. The Eternals. Mm-hmm. Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. Guardians 3. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange has a sequel. Black Panther obviously has their sequel. But that's it. That's all they have, like, confirmed. Right. But as, as of right now. Yeah. It looks that uh, Phase 4 is probably going to begin with Black Widow. Yeah, which is a weird thing to begin the phase with, because it's a prequel. Yeah. We have release dates for the movies. We just don't know. Uh, Okay, that's true. Because they have, like, untitled Marvel movie or unconfirmed Marvel movie. We have May 1st and November 6th of 2020. Is that the next one, is May? Yeah. Of 2020? There's no more this year? No. Good. I don't want any more this year. Yeah, this was the last one. Uh, February, May, and November 2021. Okay. And then February, May, and July of 2022. Okay. I am perfectly fine with no more Marvel movies this year. Mm-hmm. Because you ended Phase 3, keep Phase 4 until next year. Mm-hmm. And with that, we're going to keep this show until next year. This is the last episode, y'all. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but that, with that... That'd be news to me. I'd like to remind you all to like, comment, and subscribe. Yes. Shoot us, shoot us an email. The email is in the description below with some questions. Ian is dying to do a Q&A episode. I want to do a Q&A so bad. I think it would be so funny. So shoot us some questions. Anything. Uh, I'll filter through the questions, though, so, like, nothing Ask too That's how our days are, you know? I'll have the line. I'll draw the line. <laughs> Would you say um, walk the line? I wouldn't say that. 
um, follow us on Twitch, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. The Twitter. I will be streaming more. Yes. Hopefully. Um, until I go back to school and then that schedule will disappear again. Mm-hmm. And bomb. But I'm hoping to stream at least once a week. Yeah. So let's have fun with that. But um, I think that's all for this episode. Yeah. And when we return. It'll be RuPaul. And we will be doing episode two of RuPaul's Drag Race season one. And because... let me tell you. Oh, man, unfortunately, though, another movie just released that we got to see, so, ooh, I'm kidding. Ooh, you you wish. (laughs) You wish. No, I think you'll be very uh, pleased with this episode for the most part. Okay. All right, so with that, I'm going to sign off. Uh, It's Frankie. And it's Ian. And this has been The Pack Rats. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye now.